Hello, everybody. And welcome back to the DestoProds.com podcast. Hopefully that burp did not peak the audio. This whole recording's screwed up. Because <laughs> looking at this waveform, it might have. <laughs> I'm dead. Joey, there we have Birdie and Nico. Hi. Idaho. Are you happy? <laughs> you saw it too? I'm going to have trouble unseeing it. <laughs> you know what we're talking about? Go look at fucking Nostalgia Critic. Nah. I'm not going to. <laughs> Maybe. We're not here to talk Maybe. about movies. We're not here to talk about weird Japanese interpretations of classic Germanic fucking folk stories. We're here to talk about goddamn comic books. They're just not for kids anymore. Oh, fuck no. We got goddamn horrible murder. We got mafia. We got, I don't know, lesbians. Sure do. Because of Batwoman. And probably others, but Batwoman. I thought there's anything wrong with that. Nope, nope, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Unless you're trying to get a fucking headline, at which point is it is Batwoman is surprisingly gay. What? That is a that is an actual headline for a review yeah. of Batman Bad Blood. Yeah. Well, they are they are they are basically releasing books now with like 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 I said like the Iceman book where. In the description of the book, they are letting you know that he's very gay. So yeah, and in that fucking <laughs> America Chavez book, yeah, uh, which is you know, he's like, so what? He's like, so what is this fucking Latino extra dimensional Im- immigrant who's fucking also gay and shit gonna do? Well, strap in, butt fuck, she's going to college. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what sells a book these days. I fucking hate that book. I fucking hate that book. <laughs> I tried the first issue out. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh my god, it's so fucking good. Like, ah, yeah. I'm just sitting here like, motherfucker, you were in space. I love that character though, so it's a shame that the, You went the- to space, you fought fucking extra dimensional, like parent controlling parasites. You have fucked all kinds of people. What the fuck are you going to college for? It's the hip down to earth book that people can relate to. That's why. <laughs> if you want a hip down to earth book, make a new fucking character. <laughs> Don't take the person from a literal other dimension. Mm. Ugh, it's, fucking hell. It's like Superman grounded. <laughs> I will you fight you. You're, you're, so you're saying is that the good parts of this book are over there. <laughs> Uh no, it no, it's the book is over there. So over there has to deal with its own shitty fucking comic books. Well, why are we still talking about this? Because unfortunately no I vacation over there. Anyway, but yeah, comic books. We're gonna talk about those. <laughs> One of the biggest things happening in comics right now, kinda, is DC and their whole thing. The button. The button. <laughs> Watch out. It's the button. 
We are here to talk about the button. That's right. Um, For those who listen to a podcast like this, but somehow haven't caught up with DC. When DC began its Rebirth event with DC Comics Rebirth Special, the final page of such revealed that the DC Universe main universe has ties to Watchmen because the comedian's blood splattered button appeared in the fucking Batcave. Yeah, like got it embedded into the Batcave wall or something. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it like, just, like fucking yeah. Wally West showed up. It's like, hey, fucko, I'm here. Remember me, bitch. Peace. And then yeah. just fucking get sucked back into time. It actually was a pretty touching moment when that happened. I know it was like that. that yeah. I make Jeff jokes. Yeah, I know. I know you do. I make, it was, it was. I make, I make, you know, rifts in my, you know, regularly acerbic manner, but that book was actually real fucking good. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really good. But yeah. And so then he finds the, you know, Watchmen button and then over in the flash book or, or with the flash when Wally West comes back proper, he's like, Oh fucking dude. Like, 10 years of our lives were taken. I was fucking plucked out of reality. And, but I'm still in this reality and I'm black now. I don't know how that works. And it was hinted with the, with the use of that button that Dr. Manhattan was the one behind everything. Mm -hmm. Then they kind of sat on that. For a while. But now it is coming back in full force with the button. A, I believe, four-issue crossover event between Batman and the Flash. Yeah. And, and and yeah, to be more exact, yeah, it's been basically a year. Rebirth came out the end of May last year, so it's been almost oh, a year since they've actually picked up on the strings of this. I think the only other book that I've read, at least, that touched on it... Well, there was the Titans that touched on it directly after, which I only read that issue... And then there, it was um, Superman recently. Superman slowly trying to tie in, uh, like uh, something was in the recent Superman issue where it, it reminded me of that squid monster thingy. Like, like the, uh, like it seems that Ozymandias is behind some of this thing, the things that are going on too. I think he's the one that's been in the shadows in Superman, but that's just my theory so far. Okay. Like, yeah, because I, because there's been somebody who's been orchestrating a lot of the things behind the scene <laughs> that they keep cutting to in Superman and, and there was this recent issue that came out last week. There was also a scene where you see somebody's um, uh, head and, and what looks like the silhouette of the comedian's um, eyes, like the way he has his mask as well with a cigar. Okay. So I don't, I'm, I'm thinking that's, that's him because it really, I don't know. Did you read the mo most recent issue of Superman or not yet see that at all? Okay. So I think that's the other book that's slowly tying into this whole Watchmen event that's going to come at some point, apparently. But uh, although maybe it's playing out just between these two books right now, I'm not sure. Wait, Batman. was it was it Superman or Action Comics? No, it was it was, it was Superman because I didn't read Action. This um, I'm reading that in trade now. It was the recent Superman issue. Um, issue twenty one. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a part. There's a part towards more the end of the issue where you'll see there's a uh, 
I'm sorry, I'm just trying to open it right now. It looks like there's a guy that's supposed to be. Oh no, maybe it isn't Superman. Oh, is it super? There is a book. I'll find out. I'll let you know because there is a book where that happens. Uh, so, so we'll look through the most recent Superman. Uh, there is a bit where like this weird black goop that almost looks like that wrath thing that came up. It, yes, it, that's like, him. It like yeah. ha- it like forms a person who is smoking a cigarette. Yes, yes, yes. I thought I thought that was some sort of a, a indication because there's been a guy behind the scenes that that uh, that that was the. Um, that that's the com- the comedian, but I might be wrong in that. But we never find out what that thing is. Like, and there was another. There is another issue of something recently where it looks like the comedian silhouette was in one of the books. If it's not this issue, then it's something else that I read. But I believe that they're trying to tie things in slowly in the Superman titles as well. But again, I might be wrong in that. There's been a lot of mysteries going on in these Superman action comic books. So. Yeah, like the fucking daughter and like the fucking grandpa and them, that whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. And But anyway, the button. Yeah. This was really good. I liked it. Yeah, it was neat. It was... It was finally... It was interesting to finally actually get some fucking payoff to any of this. Yeah. But at least they didn't go right to it. At least they didn't launch the rebirth, which I kind of actually respect. They, I mean, I'm disappointed Jeff Johns didn't return to kind of tell some of this because he is the one that set it in motion. But at the same time, I mean, you got Tom King here starting it off in Batman. I think he did a great job of it. But yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but yeah. Birdie? I mean, I don't have anything to say about it. Do you I thought you had something you wanted to say. No, not really. <laughs> I, I thought I heard you. I thought I heard you try to chime in there. No, it's, I mean I haven't read the first Rebirth book. I've I've been skeptical because to me it just felt like uh, okay. So Grant Morrison didn't write it, right? Nope, that was Jeff Johns. Okay, yeah. So it just felt to me like a way to kind of purge the New Fifty Two as much as humanly possible. Um, the way that DC knew you wasn't really able to. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what it was. And so I'm not sure how I feel about an ongoing storyline with this. It could be fun in a stupid, crazy way, but uh, I don't know. I just remember seeing an image of <laughs> the Watchmen button interacting with psycho pirates mask. And this summons yeah. the reverse flash. Yep. Then the, reverse, so, then the reverse flash beats the living shit out of Batman. Yeah. He yeah. whoops well, his well, fucking ass. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not something I wouldn't understand. Yeah. Like, they, they, like Batman does get a few, like one or two shots in and they are like pretty heavy shots, but it's still a dude versus a speedster. I, 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 I think the choice though that he made was a very Batman like move. Like, what are you going to do to a man that moves that fast? You're going to fucking drill his foot into the ground like he did. Like he put like a batarang or something. Yeah. Like, foot. Yeah, yeah, like, like, that was like, smart. Yeah, that like, was smart. He calls in the flash, like, hey, the fucking thing reacted, and then like, hey, I'm gonna be there, like, hey, there'll be there in a minute. And then it's great, yeah. great, the fucking smile on his face, like, I don't need to beat you, I just need to fucking hold you here for like a minute. Yeah, and then it launches into this brilliantly done nine panel watchman-esque grid that Tom King has ripped off a bunch and other things he's done, but um It's a bit more this, apt you know, here. Yeah, and 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 then every actual panel 
is a second breakdown of him basically whooping his ass until he starts punching him. And then you see four panels <laughs> that he punches him like four times within a second. Like it, all the other panels, like a second goes by. But then when he starts like actually beating the shit out of him, it'll be like 57 seconds, 57 seconds, 57 seconds. And like each panel, you see him getting punched in the face, right? And he's like loading off like four punches a second because, you know, he's so fast. So. I, I I really liked how he did that. It was really smartly uh, put together. I thought. Oh yeah, this is all really well done. And so yeah. then yeah, so then he beats up Batman, grabs the button, uh, vanishes because of time. Then reappears right back and says, "Hey, I just saw God," and then half of his body fucking burns off in blue flame. Yeah, that's Doctor Manhattan, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Then Flash, yeah. roll, then Flash rolls up and sees fucking beaten and bloody Bruce, dead Eobarthon, and just I should have been here earlier. Yeah, in classic Flash fashion, he's late, and of course... Or and, flashing, uh, if you will. <laughs> and and his, his excuse, though, was that he had to go catch the hawk, the last ending of the hockey game that was playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, uh, they also, they're also like bringing in other aspects that were introduced in the... Um, that were introduced in the Rebirth special. Like, uh, they... This issue actually starts off with uh, Saturn Girl. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, she's hanging out in Arkham, because she's still in Arkham. For reasons, and then we're in there. She's like, they're watching like. Question. It makes sense to someone. Yeah, and so she's so she's sitting there watching like a the hockey game, and she just starts screaming like, "Oh no, he's gonna die! He's gonna fucking die!" And this carries over into the second part of this issue twenty one of the Flash, which came out the day we're recording this, and the day this podcast, well, the day before this podcast goes up. So, mm-hmm. given the rules of that we had to, that I had decided beforehand. We'll be able to talk about that till next week mm-hmm. or next episode. Yeah, which at that point, um, the Flash and another Batman issue will be out. Yeah. So, so we get a bit deeper into it. Into the button. I think that's a fucking stupid name for this event. <laughs> that's because it fucking is, dude. <laughs> no, but it, but that's the thing. It's such a stupid name, but but it was a really well done issue. Like I really, like I said, I really enjoyed it. And there is some context for the, at least I think, again, my fucking crazy theories here, um, for the um, Legion of Superheroes uh, Saturn Girl there. Um, it's been highly rumored for a long time on the internet that, that uh, Tom King was going to be writing the new relaunch of Legion because... It's probably, he said, like, his favorite DC um, group of characters other than, like, Batman, which he's doing now. So um, so it's, it has been rumored for a while that they're going to relaunch Legion at some point because it always fails. Um, Legion series don't usually last that long, but under Tom King writing it. So whether or not that's why he's putting this in, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll see. He's yeah. definitely going to be doing more and more books as time goes on. I mean, he's, oh yeah, definitely. He is. Yeah. He's becoming a name. Yeah. So as much as Birdie hates it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That, let's go with that. That's the narrative, dude. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I just, I feel no compulsion to read it. That's all. If it's, if I hear good things about where it's going from here on, I might read it particularly if they ever collect it into a full collection, because that's the thing I don't like about these books that are spread out across several different series. That's kind of hard to follow. Yeah. So I might pick up on it again, if it compiles itself into an actual rebirth trade, not that overpriced mega edition of one issue. Yeah. 
Okay, Nico lost power there for a second. Oh, goody. Should be back on soon. He's texting me fucking nonstop right now. Yeah, he said power's back on, but something happened. He'll be on in a few minutes. Then just technically okay. join back in. Ah, uh, that's always fun. Just doing something, and all of a sudden the power goes out for like a fucking hot second. Yep. How to be playing so, Persona? So you've mentioned multiple times, but I'll keep mentioning it because Persona Five is amazing. But anyway, yeah, the button's neat. It'll be it'll be really cool seeing where it goes from here. Um, just I want to know what the fuck they're doing, and whether or not I'll hate it. Yep. Anyway, let's move on to stuff Birdie can actually talk about with Birdie, your first book. Okay. Well, um, still technically talking about DC, but strangely talking about uh, both pre and post rebirth DC. Uh, it's kind of weird how if you chart um, character progression from the beginning of the New Fifty Two to Rebirth, how these two characters have switched positions between most detestable adaptation to something I really like. Whereas at the beginning of New 52, you still kind of liked what they were doing with Barbara Gordon's Batgirl, even if you didn't really like that. You They got rid of all the Oracle stuff for the most part. You still kind of liked her when it was still Gail Simone right here. But now, I don't even know what the fuck. <laughs> now it's Neo and everything is just on fire. Yeah. In the other hand, uh, Starfire started the New 52, one of the most hated portrayals <laughs> of the character possibly ever. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that. Just introduced in the most fucking like late like late nineties, early two thousands Starfire introductions fucking possible. And I just hi, I don't I don't give a fuck about her name. Wanna have sex? Yeah, whereas her book that started after in New You and ended at Rebirth was actually, and this is what I was going to talk about, is actually really good. Okay. Have you read any of this? Uh, the first, like, two issues or so, I wasn't that into it. Yeah. I was having fun with it because it it kind of feels like an, a 70s Doctor Who t- uh, series when it gets into the really head-trippy stuff, where Starfire and later her... Uh, her uh, subterranean human friend Atlee are just super cool with like giant bugs and lizard people in a subterranean city powered by a solar battery at the core of the earth. But they're also with this cop friend from the keys. Who's just like, uh, uh, okay. I, uh, I, I can't process this. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm just going to just, just do this <laughs> to the point where, when they're they are down in um, this this subterranean giant city called Strata, and the, I can't remember the officer's name. She's like, "Okay, I need a vacation from this vacation." Oh shit! It's that Atlee. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I, I think it is uh, Power Girl's former friend because they mention in the issue where they go down to Strat. It's like, you know, am I sort Starfire's like, am I going to be okay with uh, going down there by myself? It's like, considering the speeds you move at different altitudes and without any serious problems, you would probably be okay with the differences in pressure. Someone else who could fly at the speeds you fly at seemed to be okay, so you should be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, um, back in the day when there was a Power Girl series being written by Jimmy Palmiotti, Justin Gray, and Amanda Connor was involved in the art and maybe the writing side of it. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. She has. She's branched out a bit from what I just knew her as an artist. Yep. But yeah, like they did a. They had a Power Girl series, and one of the characters they introduced in that was Atley, who was a Terra. Yeah. Then the, and, then the ultra humanite uh, took over her mind or something. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, it and it's the exact same writing team working on this that worked on that Power Girl series, so I shouldn't be surprised that they brought her back. Because from what I remember from that series, because I liked reading it, they had a lot of fun with that character. So, yeah, Atlee was fun. Yeah. <laughs> and whole book was actually pretty fun. Like, Yeah. And actually, that, and that's, why, that's the thing I liked about this book. It's just fun. Like, they have a moment where um, Dick Gray is an agent of uh, Spiral. Was that the name of the organization? Yep. Yeah, comes in, and he's a little freaked out because when uh, he runs into Starfire, while he's doing the hypnos thing, she, it just doesn't affect her at all. And he's like, oh, right, I forgot. You don't see things the way humans do. Fuck. <laughs> well, shit. But, um, and that's like a fun little spy story, as brief as it is. And it's weird. It ends on a weirdly bittersweet note where Tara is sort of forced to leave. Not Tara, Starfire. I'm still thinking of uh, Atlee. Atlee's still there just because she's helping to guard the entrance to Strata. Yeah, Atlee's forced to leave the planet. (laughs) It was real unfortunate for her, given her power set. But, yeah, we'll see what she has in space. Yeah, but it was just considering how happy Starfire kind of is about it. The fact that uh, her her friend on the forest was like, "Look, uh, I'm a normal person. I can't deal with the kind of shit you deal with on a regular basis. I just I need a break from this." Or her brother, who she was kind of having a thing with briefly, discovered she he had a much more stable and less weird relationship with one of his coworkers, who he was just having trouble dating any of his coworkers again because his ex-wife was a coworker who drowned. Wait, Starfire's brother? No. Her uh, cop friend's cop brother? brother? Okay. Yeah, cop friend's brother. Yeah, sorry. I should have made that clear. So, like, basically, um, so the brother now is in a new relationship. The sister doesn't, re- the cop sister doesn't really think she can deal with all of Starfire's crazy adventures all the time anymore. And they also need their sister to move in, not their sister, the siblings need their mother to move in, who is currently suffering from multiple uh, sclerosis, which is not pretty. Fun, fun, fun. This book is fun. But it, it, but it ends on a it ends on a fun note where it's like the last day she's there is uh, fan, is Fantasy Fest, <laughs> which is apparently the one day that no one in in the town in the town cares if you're com- completely butt ass naked. So Starfire's like, oh, okay, dope. Yeah, this book is... I'm going to go turn this light orange to a slightly darker orange. Yeah. 
I just I'm kind of I'm kind of upset that we don't have this kind of Starfire book anymore because while they, we do have Starfire fixed Starfire, like not the shitty slutty version from for realsy Starfire, like in real comics, we don't really get this version of Starfire that just the happy go lucky space hippie. Because as far as I can tell, she's only really shown up in uh, the tit- the Titans book with uh, with uh, Damian Wayne in it. Yeah, the, and, the Teen uh, Titans. Yeah, and unfortunately, the tone of that book doesn't lend itself to the kind of antics I usually like from Starfire. Unfortunately, nope, no, not really. It yeah. it's just kind of Damian yells at everybody, and everybody else is like, "Fuck it, let's just do it." Yeah. Which is probably why I don't read that book much anymore. So yeah, um, no, I'm having fun. I had fun with this book. It was very brief, unfortunately, because it was one of those books that spawned out of the DC New Use attempts to fix all the shit that was wrong with the New Fifty Two. It didn't. It, it tried hard, but it still failed a little bit. Yep, and so but, they're uh, just like, "Well, fuck this. Let's start again." Yeah. Uh, just Dan Dio, wa- just Dan Dio walked into the fucking editor's room, shat the table, and said, "Fucking do better," and then left. Yep. But other than that, um, I was just uh, yeah. So two six or seven issue volumes, and I got them both for about six or seven bucks a piece. So that didn't really feel like any skin off my back. And I, I like, I've always liked Jimmy. Palmiotti and Amanda Connor working together. I think every book that they've worked on together was at least fun to read for a while. Yeah. So I'm always happy to read one of their books. I, have they done indie stuff? Um, I don't think so. Um, I know I know Palmiotti and Gray have. Yeah. Well, does I guess wait? Does Aftershock count? Um. Yeah. Aftershock. I feel like that counts. It's more. Um. Like Aftershock has a lot of big names on it, but it is not a very big uh, company, if you get at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, if, considering it's oh, fairly easy oh. to collect this, or, what? Um, there was the pro. <laughs> I forgot about that. And now that I think about it, yeah, that does look like the book that they would have worked on together. Yep. Oh man. <laughs> Palmiotti co-wrote that with Ennis. Connor Drew. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see that now. And that's a weird connection to make. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um for this kind of book, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Okay. So Nico's still not on. Out, so, so, so I guess we'll go to your next one. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Rock Candy Mountain. Up on that rock candy mountain. So this book starts out with the devil fighting a bunch of hobos in the forest. Devil went down to Georgia. He knew a hobo he had to steal. And he's there specifically looking for a man named Jackson. Uh, this is in the forties as well. I wanted to continue the uh, country music song joke, but I don't know how to complete it. Going. Yeah. So after the devil says he's looking for Jackson, uh, he 
we see Jackson hopping onto a train, escaping some feds. He then opens up a book that has Rock Candy Mountain written in pencil with an arrow pointing in a, pointing in a direction. Well, sure. <laughs> yep. He then meets a guy that he calls Pomona because he used to live in Pomona and he needs a hobo name. It's my hobo name. Now give me a hobo sponge bath. Yeah, pretty much. And they meet a guy who sounds like that. <laughs> or at least looks like he does. And it turns out he's part of the hobo mafia. Well, of course. Yep. Uh, hobo mo- hobo mafia has uh, rules. It has, it has all kinds of rules about shit um, where should, say, a railway conductor see a member of the hobo mafia in one of their cars and ask him to leave... That that train that train guy then has to leave every cent he has on his person on the back of the in the train car where they find the hobos. Probably Turn, specific. Yeah. Turns out that uh this whole this homeless homeless guy named Marion. Sure. Uh but everybody calls him Boss Flimbo. Uh, he he and Jackson met each other. They have known each other for a while. Uh, Jackson was some part of the mafia, and he is looking for Rock Candy Mountain, some mythical mountain that nobody really believes exists. Probably because it's called Rock Candy Mountain. Mm. I like Cobo culture. <laughs> Yeah. And get into a big old fist fight. Uh, this is a line that it says. So I'm just going to read it verbatim. He's got punch diarrhea and their faces are the toilet bowl. Nasty. <laughs> and just like a big old fight. Big old fight happens. Just fucking whatever. They escape. Still trying to get to Rock Candy Mountain. Jackson decides to bring Pomona with him because why not? And he stole Marion's ring. Uh, this book is weird. But not weird in like a really big way. This is like a fucking. Well, like what was that book with two tank omen? Oh, uh, American Barbarian. This is this is American Barbarian weird where on the outside. Yeah, it looks weird, but you actually read it. It's like, no, it's not weird. I still stick by that pick. <laughs> all, all we're saying, Nico, is that if that's the weirdest you could think of, oh, honey, you need to get out more. <laughs> I'll send you some I links. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that we were, we were raising the stakes so uh, so badly there to the point that it was, uh, you know, God, whom gods destroy levels. Now I know. Like, if we're ever going to do that again, now I know. Episode 200, <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah, I'm going to pick the most painful comic book ever conceived <laughs> to read. So this book was written and drawn by a guy named Kyle Starks. I never really heard of him before, but his art is... His art's very... Ch- I don't know. I, I, I feel, don't feel like childish is the right word. It is... It reminds me of a bit more detailed Lumberjanes. 
Okay, but I mean, and oddly enough, I don't necessarily, and like oddly enough, in the noses, it reminds me a lot of Captain Underpants. Oh yeah, <laughs> tra la la. Remember that book? Yeah, yeah, like, it's gonna be a movie. Yeah, it is. Pretty much everybody's noses is just like except except for Pomona. Pretty much everybody's noses are the weird like three pronged forks kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And all of their fucking I'm like it's a, it's an art style that doesn't do well with like a lot of detail. And it's kind of for the best because I don't think this artist really can do a whole lot of detail. Mm-hmm. Like every time every every time we like get back to a different angle of these characters, like the size of their noses, the size of their hands, or anything in like that, like changes. Okay. And in that big fight scene, it is kinda hard to follow where what some things are happening. Especially this one bit where he, where Jackson like grabs Marion's arm, jumps behind, like, like vaults using the fucking walls of the train car they're in over him and then puts him in a fucking chokehold. And there's no, like, like normally when they do like movement like that, they will, sh- they will have like, you know, ghost images like, oh, hey, this is this guy, but he's like kind of like half in frame or whatever. You know, this guy missing his fucking all, all, all this other bullshit. And then, like, the final thing is the one that has the most detail and is of the, like, level showing, hey, this is where he ends and this is where he is right now. In this, it is three images, all of the same level of, like, presence and quality, as well as the same arm shown in three different angles. Right. It is... It's rough, but it is, but the style makes the roughness, like, not that noticeable or not that, like, shitty. Mm-hmm. It's just real weird that that art style is in, like, a fucking fairly, that, 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 that's, that, that art style is in a fucking image book right now. Mm-hmm. And it feels like it should be in, like, a webcomic. Okay, so you, you don't find that it's very professional level for for even for an image book not like yeah more indie type stuff okay yeah i don't think so hmm. but anyway yeah he's a name i recognize like i know he's done other stuff but i don't i don't i've never read anything that he's actually has done so i but i think it's mostly just stuff at an image as far as i know uh, he's done two things in Image. Okay. This and Sex Castle. Ah, uh, yes, I've heard of that. Again, I think I don't know anything about it, but okay. Hmm. Yeah, I. I'll have to see how I feel about it when issue two comes around, but I might look into issue two. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you like the story enough to get over the art at this point because no, it sounds like, like you're saying like the art isn't actually a problem. It's like I look at this, I go, oh, this is like a fucking web comic, but I read a lot of web comics, and mm. so the art style isn't that much of a bother to me. I just noticed it. Mm. Like story wise, I I find the idea of a hobo mafia interesting. Mm-hmm. Like Lawrence Fishburne's character in John Wick, basically. Yeah, yeah, that was John Wick too. Yeah, <laughs> I meant Careful. the John Wick franchise, the John Wick universe. 
Yes, that that was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that idea. I like this idea of just yeah. like networked criminal organization made entirely out of people who can't afford to be in a house. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I haven't read a comic book that featured prominently featured a hobo since like Severed by Scott Snyder way back in the day. Did you ever read that? Any you either you? Uh, I don't think so. It was one of the first things I think that he did. Um, yeah, like I think I think that was what it was. Like I didn't really have like a, I didn't really right. have like a Scott Snyder idea of who he was at the time. If, you, if you're ever interested and you got get a chance to check it out, I, I would say it's pretty. It's worth checking out. Actually, it's one of his earlier things, but it's um it's a, basically about a um a hobo, and uh, again, it's like one of these things where uh, a kid basically runs away from home and. He, he he joins up with this hobo, but then he turns out to be like this this fucking like serial killer hobo or something. So it's like a really creepy, eerie book, like one of those type of. Yeah, I won't get too into it, but anyways, yeah. Okay, I, I just, just okay. Yeah. I just saw that James Stokoe's Aliens book is out now. So oh uh, yep, got it in my stack. Mm-hmm. Fucking right. But it came out today, so nope. yeah. <laughs> and and for some reason, this fucking page in Dark Horse is like pimping the fact that there's a variant cover, which like fuck you. Yeah, we'll be talking about that. I think we should just talk, group like, talk about that on the next episode. It's like Jeff Darrow <laughs> ain't got fucking shit on James Stoko, son. People are here for the fucking Stoko marquee. They don't give a fuck about no Darrow. Hmm. Nothing against you, I mean, Jeff Darrow. So what you're saying they're thinking is dead man is uh, you know, we could sell this on James Stokoe's art, but you know who would really sell the cover? Frank Miller. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's a name that moves uh, units. It's the it's just the fucking queen alien like trying to lay sexily on a bed with a well, gun sure. between her legs. Well, no, actually, the alien's normal. But the building is somehow sexualized. <laughs> no, is the queen alien? Get, <laughs> is the queen alien getting fucked by the fucking uh, the fucking Statue of Liberty or something? The egg sacs, like a sexual egg sac, somehow. <laughs> Dude, aliens are all sexual. <laughs> I've got the fucking penis heads. The eggs, like fucking, spread out and give birth to fucking vagina spiders. Uh, it's just an alien with a dick coming out of his mouth instead of another little alien head. <laughs> the alien heads are already dicks. <laughs> Pretty much, just with teeth. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Rock Candy Mountain. Nice. It's the thing, Nico. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, speaking of Frank Miller. <laughs> oh goody. Yeah. Let's talk about Dark Knight Three: The Master Race. Why don't we? Nope. Let's please. <laughs> I'm here to say because I don't know if we've talked. Did we talk about the first issue of this, or did we bother at all? Because I remember we, we, were we just both generally we both talked about the first issue. You talked about I think oh, the okay. third issue then. Mm. Okay, yeah, I've kept I've kept reading it, and uh, I'm here to say that um, I, with Brian Azzarello technically co-writing, but technically the one who's writing this, Frank Miller is just advising him. I think he's reeled in a little bit of the craziness that Frank Miller that we're used to really seeing uh, over the most recent years. Because it's not half bad. I wouldn't say it's great, but it's not bad. And it's not insulting like DK2 level or anything that Frank Miller has done over the last, like, I don't know. Fuck it. I don't know how many years, but since he went crazy officially. 
Um, it's, I mean, you can tell that it's just, yep. How, how long? It's Frank Miller, so roughly around 9-11, so 15, 20 years. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, that, that is when he went off the deep end there. Um, anyways, uh, the, at, the, at its core, it's actually a very basic uh, story. It's uh, it's Batman and Superman still, you know, old men uh, caught in between the war of uh, the Kryptonians who have come down to Earth that are trying to take over the Earth. And uh, now the and uh, Wonder Woman has brought her uh, Amazons now to the uh, forefront of the uh, battle, and they're just basically majority of this issue is really just them kind of all thrown down, like all of them fighting each other. Uh, Batman almost gets killed. Superman has a romantic kiss with Wonder Woman because he holds. I mean, she has his daughter. Um, who you get to know and because in uh... well, yeah. Because only Frank Miller really liked the Superman Wonder Woman Twilight book. Mm. Oh, yes, the Superman Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. I actually almost forgot about that somehow. <laughs> Good for um, you. I wish I could. Yeah. To be fair, though, this is the one moment throughout the series where they've actually shown affection to each other or have even really been together. Like, it's actually been mostly well, told. Well, of course, through. because... Yeah. Miller's not really writing it. He just right. conceived it. Right. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's really just basically Azarello playing in the in the Dark Knight uh, uh, sandbox. Actually, no, this just occurred to me, Dead Man. You know, I think Brian Azarello might actually be just a more competent Frank Miller. Um, I mean, are you using that comparison because of his killing joke move that he did? Or? No, not well, that, but more... Um, like the the sexy the the uh, sexualization he does in a lot of his books, the style mm-hmm. of his more gritty urban books like One Hundred Bullets. Right. I see a lot of Frank Miller's Sin City in how he does a lot of his books. Like now, obviously, he's a much more competent writer yes. than Frank Miller. Yes. But I see similarities in style the more mm-hmm. I look at it, which is probably why they got Brian Azzarello to do this, even though. Well, it's I mean, not like always appreciated. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, I wouldn't compare them in terms of uh, because I do like Brian Azzarello uh, much more. Uh, oh, I, sure, I, like, I do yeah, too. But um, but I would I would say you're you you made a good point uh, given the fact that um, a lot of Brian Azzarello's work too has been highly criticized in ways that Frank Miller, not to that Frank Miller degree, but like for instance, like I said, like that Killing Joke thing didn't really go over well with a lot of fans. Um, and, and, and other things go over well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a pretty big deal. That's yeah. So and honestly, that I'm not sure who to blame for the killing joke thing because a lot of that is clearly Bruce Tim fanfic. Also, so right. I don't know who's more to blame for that. I'll just blame them both. Yeah, that seems fair. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I thought it it's been a pretty or a series overall. Like I said, it's not in the pantheon of the greatest Batman stories ever told, but it's not like going off the rails, Dark Knight 2 style. And Azarello's writing it, if you like his inter, it's basically just him playing in the same, you know, uh, sandbox as like the Dark Knight uh, universe with all them being older uh, men. You, I mean, you see like the class, like he busts out the, the, the dark, the Batman armor that he, you know, beats up Superman with in Dark Knight. He busts that out in this he's wearing it at some points uh there's a i really really love the look of wonder woman in this and the um i think it's is it adam kubert yeah because there's a couple of kubert's yeah adam kubert's the one who does um the art in this 
And uh, he's tried to take a stylistic approach where he's trying to look kind of like Frank Miller-ish, but much better, like to the point where it's like... Yeah, it's, it, and, this is, and this is similar. I guess they picked an artist and a director and a writer who could yeah, imitate definitely. Frank Miller's style without falling to his worst tendencies, I suppose. Absolutely. Because, it, because one thing I will say about this is, A, there are backgrounds. Mm-hmm. That's that's not that's almost never present in a Frank Miller story anymore. Check one. Two, um, there are detailed faces, and not like detailed so much so that they're just scribbles and you can't make out anything. Like I can determine facial expressions. Yeah, again, is something you can't get from Frank Miller anymore. Yep. <laughs> and each issue, actually, uh, in the back of each issue, they actually offer a few pages of like just the black and white penciled pages that Hubert has been um, handing in and you really just see his line work and it really looks really good like the pages that he's he's putting in even before they get colored uh, and then you got you know uh, you got Klaus Jansen the anchor who also did Dark Knight that's basically Klaus. yeah Klaus, Klaus. Uh, that, is, Klaus. <laughs> that is doing some of the, um, the the inking on this book as well so yeah overall I think it's been good art teams um, in each issue they've also had like a little mini story comic that's been in each one which really has nothing i mean it's kind of tying into the main story but this is where it kind of deviates from the quality of the main story and these little side tales they've been telling because uh, a few of these issues have been really really badly drawn by frank miller well, um so you know, you, know and, you just need to say drawn by frank miller yeah he's actually did art in this in this series like he's actually did some of the art that he's contributed yeah to, but you don't uh, you don't need you don't need the fucking descriptor of really really bad yeah, that's a good point. Just say Frank Miller. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. Well, to be fair, his older stuff, I think, was like very stylistic again, but I wouldn't say it was horrible. Like, uh, But his stuff that he's done again since he went off the rails has been so fucking loose, and uh, you can't even tell what you're looking at half the time. He doesn't <laughs> like, care anymore. Yeah, exactly. He, he stopped giving care. a fuck like fucking a decade ago, dude. Just yeah. everything went to shit, and then he was like, "Well, I guess I could just fucking stop caring." Mm-hmm. Like, I, mean, I mean, I've already written a story about not Batman killing not Muslims and not Catwoman being bound in S and M ties, which was about why should I care at this point? Yeah, which was about actual Batman killing actual Muslims and actual Catwoman tied up in actual S and M gear. Yeah, yeah, holy at terror! One, at one point, <laughs> but then DC was like, "How about no, please?" Yeah. Just, uh, Frank, just just please walk. Just, just please, like, just, please like, w- like just go home. Um, avoid sharp Don't things for back. a while. Like maybe maybe see somebody. Mummies. Maybe see somebody. Um, and also like stop sending us scripts. We're taking All Star Batman away from you and giving it to Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. Speaking of All Star Batman, actually. In this mini comic that was in this issue, again, probably the weakest part about this issue that he drew, guess who shows up? That Nazi woman with swastikas on her tits. Ah, fuck. <laughs> but again, this is really... A, it's, a, one, it's one of those things that people remember from the original Dark yeah. Knight Returns. Why? Yeah, but it just, why? Why does, why, does, why does everybody like her? <laughs> because it's a stylistic thing. Yeah. And for some reason, people, despite the fact that Marvel versus DC proved that Joker is not a Nazi, some people think he is a Nazi. What? No, no, that's stupid. 
<laughs> the Joker hates everybody individually. Like, every, uh, hates everybody equally. No matter your fucking race, religion, or sexual orientation. He will murder you no matter what you do or what you look like. He don't give a fuck, son. <laughs> he is one of the most progressive people out there because no matter what, you still get murdered. Yeah, no rhyme or reason, which is what makes him so uh, dangerous. Yeah. Also, I, I forgot that in Dark Knight, in the Dark Knight Rises shit, that Dick Grayson is the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, in the second one. That's in the DK2. Yeah. That's the one that's really, really bad. That one is... Yeah, that's I the mean, one that's really bad. It is. No, the first one is still considered by a lot of people to be like, like the one of the most like best Batman sequential stories. It is. I mean, as much as it may not connect with, no, it is. It is that's a qualifier if ever I heard one. Well, are you guys are you guys saying it's not the Dark Knight the original? Uh, to be fair, well, I mean, it's it, just going. The, 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 I don't. I think it's overrated. Oh, I just yeah, think definitely. I just think it's weird that you had to specify not story but like sequential book. Yeah, <laughs> it's sort of like you know there are paintings of Batman that technically represent better stories, but I yeah, and I've yeah. never actually read the original Dark Knight Return, like Dark Knight Rises or whatever. I only returns. Fuck, I don't know that stupid fucking Chris Nolan, Christopher Nolan movie. Right. I must have worded it wrong. Then my apologies. <laughs> yeah, like the Frank Miller, like the Frank Miller Batman thing. I never really read it. I watched the movie adaptation. It's not a bad adaptation. It tones down a lot. Part one was great. Part two was a joke. Yeah, and that's also true for the book. So that's hardly because the last book is uh, is getting closer. the The first book is more of a story. The second book. Is more Miller being Miller, and while it was still more competent than later Miller books would be, it's it's getting into that stuff that people hate about later Miller books. So yeah, that that second bit is let is the second bit is fucking Frank Miller's stand-up routine about Superman. Well, DK two was a big fuck you to the industry. No, not even DK two. I'm talking about the second half of the original Dark Knight. Hmm. Yeah, but DK2 more so is... Was oh, yeah, DK2's not fucking... giving his shit. DK2's, like, insane. Like, Carrie Kelly yeah. becomes, like, Catwoman sidekick now, or, like, Le- Leopard Lady. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah. And then Dick Grayson is the Joker with shape-shifting powers or something. Yeah. Anyways, I'd rather not talk about any of those... D- <laughs> I, 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 I was just talking about this one in particular, which I said, like I said, it's not half bad. But, uh, but yeah, so Dark Knight 3, uh, it's definitely not the craziness you would expect with a book with Miller, the first name on the fucking title, uh, but it's, as it's mainly, like I said, it is an Azarello Batman interpretation of his characters, uh, the Dark Knight stuff. And, uh, and yeah, there's been some good artists on it. Adam Kubert did something, uh, John Romita Jr. did one of the mini stories, uh, um, Eduardo Rizzo, who has worked with Brian Azzarello on 100 Bullets, did uh, some uh, little mini story. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's not bad. I mean, uh, if you really, really hate Frank Miller, I I feel that um, if you'd like the Dark Dark Knight, but you hate Frank Miller, it's still worth checking out because, like I said, he's not as involved in this as as it states. Well, it's a good thing everybody uh, around here just fucking loves the guy. Oh, yeah. You know. He so is the bestest. Rush, rush out. You guys are going to rush out now and, and read the book, I know. 
Absolutely. And and the sequential storytelling. (laughs) All right, I'm done. Okay. (laughs) Birdie. All right. Well, um, I can talk about one of two books. Uh, Actually, no, no, I was going to say I could talk about Hulk, but all I have to say about Hulk is pick up the pace. But uh, so let's talk about a book that Nico has read. Um, Nico, did you know they were going to do Ultimates 2? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Because I read the first Ultimates, and mm-hmm. when I got to the end of the first Ultimates run, I was like, okay, uh, I guess they're building up a sequel, despite the fact that the Ultimates no longer exist, mm-hmm. which yeah. I thought was kind of a strange way to end that. I know that's... Nah, eh, don't worry about it. Fucking nothing Civil ever dies. War. How'd you like the, the series, though? The first one? It was good until mm-hmm. Civil War Two happened. Yes. Absolutely. But, uh, well, that, that's yeah, most no, books. I agree. Yeah. No, it, it was a it was a bad n- note to end on with this. No, but book. like almost like the other books. I mean, the other books I've run into so far that were civil. War, they're more Civil War two adjacent than mm. like it, it's hard to it, you, you can't really disconnect the Ultimates from Civil War two's events, unfortunately. And the result, unfortunately, in the result of that is that it's the most of Carol looking like a moron. The most of uh, apparently photon just being okay with it's like yeah no, let's arrest this person for no crime indefinitely we will find a crime to charge them with well, yeah <laughs> I, smash man, the proletariat and i like i like the whole con- i like the concept of the, these big kind of fantastic 4e sci-fi concepts mm-hmm. that need to be dealt with in a more permanent fashion than just making it go away for a little while. I like that concept. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about Galactus, the life bringer. That was right. kind of a weird adjustment for me, mm-hmm. but yeah, art's good when it's not, it's art's good when it's not on earth. If that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I understand what you mean. <laughs> He's not great at a bunch of people sitting around ta- like talking head type moments, but when he's yeah. like more fantastical, it looks a lot better. Like, yeah, yeah. What it is? I got to yeah. make a fucking eighteen-story tall fucking stone man made of glass and magic. Yeah, and it also doesn't help that the artist who I liked left for two or three issues towards the end in the middle of the Civil mm-hmm. War two crap. So I didn't even have the good crazy space art to help do that portion. So. Mm. He came back, I think, for the last issue, which was only good because it involved um, uh, America Chavez taking Captain Marvel to another dimension. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, she. I loved her in this book. She kicks all yeah. sorts of ass. Apparently, like she, by, apparently by the, con- the the standards of the new Chavez book, she's not allowed to exist anymore. But uh, Nope. <laughs> yeah. She needs to go get an education. <sighs> Studying, I don't know, fine arts. She's gonna get a bachelor's in communications when she get fucking gets out of there. No, no, you know plumber. She goes to a <laughs> trade school. Yeah, yeah. Sotomayor University is a trade school. And then Prod- prodigy is there to learn how to be a welder. And and then when she's done, she'll start uh, visualizing her uh, interdimensional travel through green pipes. <laughs> nice connection there. Thanks, She'll keep John. the stars around, but only as like a reminder of the person she used to be. 
So, so, so she'll just like fucking down one of those stars and then just turn into America Chavez, who we all know and love yeah. for like five minutes. And then all of a sudden she'll just come back. It's like, all right, you guys, your fucking pub is fixed or whatever. I'm going to go rescue princess peace. She's going to make that noise when she jumps through the star. Come on, Luigi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. The princess is another castle. Oh, okay, I'll go there. What, what do you mean you're going to go there? Well, she's not here, so I'm going to go there. But you can't do that. That defeats the purpose. No, you get the there. fuck out of here. <laughs> anyway, um, gotta go. Yeah, bucket, action, gotta go beat the shit out of Dennis Hopper with a fucking flame flower. I don't know. The, yeah, the action's fine. Um, I feel bad for Blue Marvel because I read the parts of Civil War Two that he was in, where he, where supposedly such an educated man comes off like such a complete moron. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking, it's <laughs> retarded. Yeah. Fucking Blue yeah. Marvel's the worst in the in the Civil War Two shit. Yeah, because because he was like the moral compass of the team prior to that happening, and then when Civil War Two hits, it's like <laughs> yeah, then it's like <laughs> yeah, oh, could... it's like oh, we can kind of see the future. Well, fuck everybody. Minority minority report was the ideal future. We all know this. Now, if you excuse me, I need to go throw this child into the sun. What I love is that Black Panther was that, that Captain Marvel was somehow shocked that Black Panther turned on her. Right. That's it. <laughs> I know. Like, how, who could have fucking possibly seen that coming? Yeah. Like, oh, you used to be part of the Illuminati. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll trust you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, a good book. I might read some of Ultimates too. I haven't looked at the interior art for that. The covers are as trippy as I remember from the original Ultimates. Mm. But God, a lot of characters I liked. Uh, Civil War Two put me off reading more about them, and that's kind of a problem with Marvel at this point. I know they're not doing any more events for a while after Secret Empire, but mm. oh man, this last one really hurt i can't read captain marvel anymore i'm having trouble getting into hulk at this point <laughs> which was bad particularly because this week when the hulk issue came out there was a tie back into civil war ii where uh, carol yeah. was trying to uh, carol was trying to sympathize you know do that human emotional thing oh sweetie <laughs> you're more cree now than person i guess that brain damage you had really fucked you up Remember that storyline where she had fucking brain damage? Yeah, yeah. And that just I, I, and she just stopped. What's weird is the the issue the the part from the original Miss Mar uh, Carol Danvers Miss Marvel story where when she died she split into pixelated energy until all the energy forms joined back into one person, which was then split between Carol Danvers and Miss Marvel again, and that still makes more sense than this. <laughs> If nothing else, if for nothing else, that series brought me the enduring image of uh, Wolverine attempting to babysit. That makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yeah, so Wolverine babysitting Luke Cage's child. If that's an image that you want in your brain, God it is. It it really <laughs> is. <laughs> it really is just. I'm just I'm just imagining now like fucking Wolverine like there babysit the kid. He's smoking a cig he's smoking a cigar and he just looks outside, sees Jessica, and he's like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, and then just does everything he can to like try to put out the cigar and remove any smell of smoke because Jessica will beat the shit out of him if he was smoking around her baby. What 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 I like currently is the dynamic between um in all new Wolverine with uh 
Slora, uh, right? And then Kenny and and um, that that um, she has the younger girl now, the clone of her, and they actually have a real Wolverine. Yeah, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like the issue where oh, the old man Logan Wolverine shows up with all three of them, and like some people actually try to like rob their apartment while they're standing around arguing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they're like, are you guys serious right now? Like, you're trying to rob us? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like the dynamic between the Wolverine and them, but I know that was a big tangent. So, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I just. I kind of wanted to talk about this with Nico since he had read it and I needed, I wasn't sure how I felt about it, particularly that weird bit where the antimatter guy gets turned into, oh, I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah. You're talking about the guy that was in the prison cell, right? Yeah. Like he yeah. couldn't control his energy, his cosmic level energy. And then mm-hmm. Galactus goes, Nope. <laughs> yeah. And that, and then that, and that even I think tied into uh, uh, Secret Wars or something. I think right was that because and then Thanos sh- Thanos showed up because Thanos showed up and that was I think that was that was a result of something that happened. I uh, guess he, he, I, he, uh, <laughs> yeah no I know it's it's you, I guess you're not the person to, I think that's the reason why they connected all that but. Yeah, Anyways. I just thought it was a weird note to end on where... Oh, absolutely. Say, where it, it's... Uh, so the, the Ultimates are dead, long live the Ultimates. Yeah, it, it, it really was. And um, I, I agree, though. That I definitely thought the first arc was better than the like the last one, uh, the first couple well, Yeah, because that, yeah. that seems to be... A lot of books started uh, like a year or so, or like a year to six months before Civil War II happened. Mm-hmm. And then Civil War II happened. <laughs> yeah. Then, like Which is, the, it fucked up every. Uh, it fucked up the Jessica the Jessica Drew Spider Woman book. It fucked up Captain Marvel's book. I know. It, uh, it, fu- I, it fucked up Alpha Flight. I, it's, I, I, remember, it's, I was just I was just about to say it fucked up A Force because A Force yeah. basically ended on the same note because this and A Force were going on at the same well, time. Well, A Force also ended on the note of yeah, we're probably not going to see any more since she one no yeah she Hulk's. Yeah. I don't know. Gray Hulk now. I don't know. That that book is wasting so much fucking time. I'm well, A Force uh, A Force ended up uh, with She Hulk in a laid up in a hospital bed. Yep. Yeah, then, because like, that was the Civil War Two thing. Yeah, yeah but then everybody's and like, then, and they was like, oh, we'll hold each other. Yeah. We'll never go away again. And then Singularity fucking like <laughs> disappeared into the ether. Yeah, and then the book just ended. Like that's what I mean. It was like, and and at the time, A Force and Ultimates were like my go-to Avengers books because I wasn't digging any of the new Avengers books. Yeah, A Force like, was fucking great. Yeah, and then and then and then basically both ended on this fucking Civil War note. And, and like Bertie said, like I, I'm interested to see the the uh, Ultimates Volume Two now that's come out. I'm waiting for the trade uh, to read it, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully they're able to pick up where they left off and actually could, uh, make another good story out of that team dynamic. Because I really, I really liked it. Like, like Bertie mentioned, I, I uh, the status quo of the team, like what they were setting out to do, like kind of like a fuck yeah science type thing. Like, I really liked that aspect. Yeah, it, it. it was like, the stuff people liked about the Fantastic Four comics, just yeah, minus the characters nobody liked from Fantastic Four. So. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, so here's the question. Here's the question, actually. Who's worse, Reed or Carol? Ooh, right now, Carol. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the thing about like Carol's bad right now because she's still here. Reed at least had the good grace to fuck off after Secret Wars, and he hasn't come back since. 
Has, yeah, he hasn't so, come back. He hasn't come back since. But keep in mind that right now he is God. He, he also. All right, so, okay, you know what? If he's responsible for Civil War Two, then yes, he's still worse. I mean, he probably he actually, is. He probably is the one fucking <laughs> sitting there, like determining what fucking powers the Inhumans get. Just all right, and you get this, and you get that, and you get this. Oh no. And he has popped up actually uh, a couple of issues back now in the infamous Iron Man, the Doctor Doom book. He has appeared. He's also right, the one who was smoking yeah, that yeah. cigar. I mean, Superman found him. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were both hiding in the shadows, these guys. So it's very possible. This is what it's going to be. Like, fuck that Watchmen shit. Like, that button is a fucking red herring. It's going to turn out this entire thing <laughs> is just building up back to the fucking reintroduction of a Malcolm comics. I'd be so down for that. <laughs> no word of a lie. I would love it. I just, I need, I need Marvel to take stock because they're, they're still just throwing shit at the, at, yeah, they're still throwing shit at the screen to see what sticks and they have no clear game plan. DC actually does. It, not all of it works. They still think that Neo Batgirl is a good idea and I will never forgive them for that. But, yeah, uh, uh, we, they do have, we do have some Marvel news coming soon that will come in later in the show that seems interesting at least. Mm-hmm. It's well, not. It's not more news about the Venom event, is it? Oh no! Fuck no! Fuck that Venom event. That oh, Venom event is garbage. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. No, I enjoyed this book. I got through the Civil War two stuff, but the uh, Civil War two poisoned a lot of books I really liked from Marvel from 2015, 2014 and twenty fifteen. So. That's how Civil War do, son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's it for me on this one. All right, moving to my second book, uh, Black Cloud. Mm. This book is weird. You see who's doing the art on this one, though, right? Yep. Mr. Big Dick, Greg Hinkle. Yeah, it's our old boy, Greg Hinkle. Also being written by Jason Latour, which, that's a plus. Yeah. Why okay. is it so weird? Okay, it's so well co-written by Jason Latour and Ivan Brandon. Okay. Yeah, so it's those are I get those are two guys that are also generally known as uh, being artists, actually, as well. Yeah. So yeah, this book starts out in caveman times hmm. with a shaman uh, writing out like a fucking story about a horrible giant monster uh, killing everybody. One guy's like, hey, fuck you. So then the, so then the uh, guy drawing it touches the painting of the giant monster destroying everybody. Then a giant monster shows up and destroys everybody. Huh. Flash forward to modern day where a young girl is like young homeless girl. She's like out there trying to like fucking get. It's a it's a girl trying to like get changed in order to buy a fucking uh, hot dog. Once she gets there, she steals a guy's cell phone and. Next thing you know, we're in some fucking prep school where she is trying to sell these children drugs. Mm. She grabs one of the kids, um, drags them over to the side of the pool and falls into the pool where they end up where they then end up in a black and white 1940s bar full of monsters. Ha. Huh. That is weird. Yeah, the girl, <laughs> the girl draws something on a piece of paper and then is in color. Hmm. And there's only other one. There's only one other person in color who is this weird lizard man. 
she pours some enchanted wine on him or something, and he loses some of the color on his head. Mm-hmm. Then it starts raining, and everything's fucking horrible, and they need to leave. They do. And she gets hired by the by the guy she pulled into the, that other world's dad, who's the mayor of Seattle, I think. Mm-hmm. They say, like, hey, take my son away just so that he, that he won't fuck up with my re-election. Takes him back to that world and take, get covers a dude in dirt and drags her fingers across his head, making him a fucking golem. What? Start, then it starts raining again, and she has to leave. Otherwise, horrible things will happen. Wait, he she, he made him into a golem? No, 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 no. It's like uh, she like it, it was a guy like in a suit and stuff, like just kind of. I'm a big muscle man. And then oh, she, okay. and then, uh, and then she blows dirt in him. The dirt like covers him entirely, making him like look like he's made out of fucking sand. Then she okay. drags his finger. Then she drags her fingers across his forehead, causing his eyes to glow blue and the drag to glow blue, and he looks like a fucking golem. Huh. Yep. And then it's like, hey, I. And then he's like, hey, I called him. It starts raining, and then she runs away, leaving Todd to get fucked, and that's the end of the issue. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they gave you enough to go on. Like, we don't... They like, did not it, at all. Like, is <laughs> is there any reason for this? Like, is like what's the objective of this character? Like, what's... You she, know what I mean? like, what, she wants to not die on the street homeless. Huh. And that's really all you have to go off of right now. Yeah, and like one other mm-hmm. thing. Uh, they call her Old Blood in that world. Okay. And there's also like some level and then also um there's narration running throughout from this girl and she says that she is originally from that world. She came to our world and is homeless because of it. Okay. But, and, she, and she's obviously has some sort of magical ability. Yes, yeah. It, it's it's an ability okay. where she is able to exist in color and can like fuck with other people in that world. Mm-hmm. And it's a ability that's apparently existed for a while in her family. Like, they call her Old Blood. Like like I said. And there's way more backstory here that we aren't given. That were we given it, this would make way more sense. Was this like a regular size issue for an image? Or was Uh, this like an oversized one? Um, Mm -hmm. Let me just double check. Uh, It is is 30 pages. Also, it is a little little bigger than usual. Yeah, a little bit, but not enough. Right, because that's what I like. A couple of image titles that have come out, um, even like some book like Saga, if you guys recall, like years ago, they made it a double size issue. So it really gave you an idea by the end of the issue, like what you're in for to keep people reading. Like some of these, it's hard to to gauge a reaction off of basically what you've just told me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is it going to be good? Who knows? And like, it'll, it'll push people away more so to say, eh, maybe I'll check out the train. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's... How's the visuals though? How's the art in this? Uh, the art—it's Greg Hinkle, dude. It's still really good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like he's like he's able to get a lot of detail into backgrounds, like showing off the uh, cityscape and stuff. Um, the coloring is really cool too, especially in the um, especially when we get to, like the uh, the school. For whatever reason, the most interesting stuff happens at this fucking poolside with a bunch of these fucking preppy, uninterested dickwads getting a fucking spiel about fucking drugs. Because like, like when they're in the pool, it's all like very blue. But then anything beyond the pool is just in fucking like bright red, almost hot pink. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a really interesting uh, like 
tracking panel, I guess. Yeah. Where like she brings Todd over the side of the pool, hugs him, and then begins falling into the pool. But instead of instead of it being shot like uh instead of it being drawn like like you would expect of of it, it's shot it's drawn like it would be shot. Where where like in terms of how they are standing and stuff, like the orientation of them in the frame doesn't change all that much, but the world around them does because it is showing them falling. Okay. Yeah, like, so it shows like the two of them like standing up straight in one panel. The next panel, it's the two of them still standing up straight, but at a bit of an angle as they are falling into the pool. As the water is like coming up on them, the uh, the walls are the balls being shown at an angle, and they're and it even it's even showing the um, the text bubble like the, like the speech bubble at an angle, like like they're falling. It is interesting and kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess that's that's all Greg Hinkle's doing, like the way that they set up the page. Obviously, like that's that's interesting. Did he do the? Did he also do the colors? Because remember, he did the colors in Airboy, I believe, too, uh, and those were really cool. Uh, no, this he, was uh, Matt Wilson on colors. Okay, he's good too. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I I just want to check out this book for the Greg Hinkle art, but it doesn't sound like there's enough. Uh, for me to go off of, like you said, just off this one issue to really... No, here's the thing. There's plenty here. We're just not shown any of it. Mm, right. Yeah, like, there is there is enough here that they could tell a really good story out of this. It's just they aren't giving you enough. Just there is not enough here to actually grip you. Or to really, uh, or to really show you that this is that there's not there's not enough in this in order to, there's not enough in this to like grip you in a way that says like oh yes I know what this story is and I can know where it's going from here and I have an idea of what to expect so let's fucking get this through and see if I'm right this is just th- this is more I would I want to read a second issue because I want to know what the fuck is happening right. But but there, but you still want to read the next issue based off the ending of this? Like you want to know? Like uh, I do kind of want to know, but it's not mm. it's not because of anything in the book. It's because of who's making it. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of good creators on it. Yeah, like I like sense. Jason Latour. I fucking love sure. Greg Hinkle. But that's what's carrying me through with this book. It's not anything like oh yeah, I want to see where the story goes. Like oh yeah, I really want to know like what's happening with this world. It is. I want to read more from I want to read more from Greg I want to read more from Jason Latour and I want to see more from Greg Hinkle and if there's a good story there fuck it. Right. Yeah, that that's basically what I would check it out for. Like it is is based off the creators that are involved. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that but that's what I mean. I think that's if people aren't familiar with um going into this first issue cold might not work out for them as well as oh yeah people go into this issue would, cold like yeah. if they don't know who Latour is or they really don't like Hinkle's art then right. there is kind of nothing for them yeah yeah hmm. but yeah so that's that all right Nico uh all right so uh I'm gonna talk about uh <clears throat> the first of uh 
two Jeff Lemire new projects have come out recently. Uh, you know, since he writes like a thousand books, like we've talked about on the show before, yeah. uh, currently. Um, although I believe he's gonna be like many good creators, unfortunately, gonna be stepping away from pretty much all the Marvel books that he's been writing over the next few months. He's gonna be slowly wrapping everything up that he's been doing for them and probably going to be focusing more on creator own stuff, which is the, you know, a lot of these creators, that's the route they're going, especially somebody like Jeff Lemire has been basically had a foot in, in both worlds for a while now. Right. And he's kind of been doing the, his indie thing and as well as uh, a lot of superhero comics between DC and Marvel. Um, but the series I'm going to talk about is uh, Royal city, Royal city, uh, which came out from image comics. Uh, the first book that he's written and drawn on, sorry, the first ongoing series he's written and drawn since he's done uh, Sweet Tooth over at Vertigo for DC Comics. Uh, so I was very excited for this only because I feel that he does his best work when it's more personal and, uh, and he's writing and drawing the project as opposed to him writing it and somebody else drawing it. Or, um, so, I mean, if you've seen Jeff Lemire's artwork, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Like, it's definitely not very, uh, it's hard to describe. I wouldn't, it's not, I love his art. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. And he is a master with the uh, watercolor at this point. Like he, he watercolors this book himself. So he, he draws it and, and, and uh, writes it and illustrates it fully, the color and everything. And he does a really good job of the of the applying watercolor to his art. Uh, it is very loose, I would say, his art style, even more so now uh, than it was because he tried to tighten it up for certain projects that he did, like Trillium. If he, you read Trillium, right, Dead Man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not for everybody. Uh, I have heard people say, like, he, uh, for one thing, for instance, which isn't, again, a bad thing, but something I have always noticed about his art, um, like, he can't draw a very good-looking woman to save his life. Like, <laughs> he does not, he does not draw attractive-looking women, even though he, which, again, you know, don't, you don't have to, like, but it's just not, it's just not something that he's great at, like, I, I've always noticed, and, mm -hmm. like, and, 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 you know, I, I would say that um, if you haven't ever checked out Jeff Lemire's stuff, uh, definitely the art could be a deterrent for some people. Like, you may not like read uh, like his stuff just based off that. But I think that a lot of his artwork captures a lot of the emotion um, best, that he does the, a really good job of, of the things that he usually has a tendency of writing and capturing a lot of emotion on the page. And he's just a very good storyteller in that sense. Um, and Royal City is basically a story about uh, people like, uh, I guess, figur figuratively uh, uh, got like these um, these ghosts. Like, they're haunted by the ghosts of their dead brother, this family. Um, it's about a family that lives in Royal City and about all of them um, basically trying to get through their lives. And you kind of dive into like the family dynamic, uh, you know, almost like something like black hammer is currently doing. And each issue is kind of focusing on a different family member that he's been doing over while writing black hammer uh, is basically the same thing that's happening in this, uh, in these first two issues, you're, you're slowly meeting these like three brothers of the family, but one of the brothers is, um, is dead. He died, and we're learning the story about why he died and basically where these people are in their lives. 
Um, but they're at in each issue, the first and the second issue, he's met up with them uh, basically as a ghost in their mind. So and there's a scene in this where his name's Richie, um, the guy who's dead, the brother is dead. And um, there's this uh, big fuck up brother, the basically the black sheep of the family. He's like an alcoholic. He owes people money, like thugs money in this. They come to the bar. They try to like, you know, um, try to beat the shit out of him, basically beat him up a little bit in the washroom stall um, as he's taking a piss. Um, and he's as he's taking a piss, he's sitting there talking to himself. And on the page, you see Jeff Lemire drawing the other brother pissing in the other urinal. And he's meanwhile, he's having a conversation about back in the day, how they used to have good times together and how he was there for him. And when they used to go to the bar and get fucked up and drunk and and basically he was he was something in this guy's life who obviously has not panned out to where he wants it to be because everyone considers him like the fuck up of the family. And he's, you know, he's an alcoholic and all this. So so he's taking comfort in this thinking that his I guess in his mind, his brother is still around as a ghost. But Jeff Lemire doesn't really touch on that yet, but he's been following the different characters throughout this book so far. The father of this family ends up having um, a flash of seeing his dead son in the first issue, ends up collapsing, having like a stroke of some sort, and now he's laid up in the hospital. So uh -huh. like there, there is a lot of, you know, emotional and, 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 and sad and during family type moments happening as you're learning about all these people in this family so far and about their brother who has passed away. And I guess them just coming to terms with it through their, through their own lives. A, a very Jeff Lemire story. If you have ever read any of his more personal work. I yeah. Would th say this, is, this is closer to his Essex County, Essex County. Stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Essex County is a great uh, um, uh, example of that. And, and, and because it's about a, uh, you know, a, a fake city, a Royal city, which is basically like, again, like probably some Northern Ontario city that he's based basing it on. Um, oh, you also based on Chattanooga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <enough>. yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I've really been enjoying it so far. If you like uh, Jeff Lemire's more personal projects, if you weren't aware that he is doing this, it is very good so far. Um, like I said, uh, there's not a lot to go on so far within the first two issues other than you're basically just learning about this family and learning about each of their plights and where they basically are, 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 are in life currently uh, and that they're being haunted by this uh, ghost of uh, their brother and basically... You don't really know the whole story of what happened to him yet. So that's probably going to be, you know, I'm sure you'll find out something by the end of this first arc that's going to reveal a much bigger story overall about uh, their brother. So, uh, so yeah, Royal City, um, I can't wait for the next issue. Every time I, it comes out, it's basically the first thing I read now. It's at the top of my stack. And if you did read Trillium by Jeff Lemire, there's a nice little nod to Trillium in this second issue, I'll point out. Um, the, the one brother is talking to his wife, at the start of the issue, and then you cut to the second page where he's talking to her over the phone, and it's basically his wife is dressed like the female character from Trillium in a spacesuit. On it looks like she's in space, but basically she is on set for a movie. <laughs> but it, it looks like a panel straight out of Trillium. Like if for yeah. a second, I had to do a double take and and almost. I had to look back at the front cover and I'm like, am I fucking really reading Trillium now? What's going on? Like it was, it was, it was a really trippy thing. And that a little nod to Jeff Lemire fans or people that followed his work that they would really appreciate if they uh, checked this out. So I thought it was a really clever way to basically tie Trillium into this, but basically 
make it seem like it, she's just on a movie set. She's not Trillium didn't actually happen in this world. You know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Royal City, uh, definitely uh, another great thing Jeff Lemire is working on currently. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, then. Cool. So, Birdie, final book. Okay, well, let's get fucking weird. Jonathan Hickman's The Black Monday Murders. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah. I don't know what to make of this book. Yeah. Good start. Yeah. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, I could talk about uh, Jonathan Hickman as a writer, how much I appreciate when he goes crazy, and this is very much going crazy. Uh, I'm not that familiar with Tom Coker as an artist, but I think I kind of want to be after watching re- reading this. Mm-hmm. But what the fuck? <laughs> Noise. <laughs> so have you have you looked at this dead man? Uh, no, I have not. I am okay. not that big into Hickman. Okay. Um, and so I was like, oh, hey, look, Black Monday Murders. I'm reading like fucking 90,000 books right now. I need to cut back a bit. And then yeah. I didn't. I just didn't get the fucking. And then I, and then the next week when another fucking issue of Black Monday Murders came out, I was like, well, I'm not going to cut back anymore. But I missed that first issue. So fuck it. What? 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 what there was one thing you liked, but it was Manhattan Projects, right? That was the only thing I think you said you've, read yeah. that you've really enjoyed, right? Yeah. Or, okay. So yeah, um Well The Dying of the Dead was alright too. Yeah. The three issues that came out. So, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so this is a murder mystery, I think. I never would have guessed. Uh but it, the I think the central theme of this is sort of taking the idea that Wall Street are a bunch of um blood sucking parasites <laughs> to a um magical realism level of of extreme Mm -hmm. because apparently anyone who's ever been in the banking business is somehow involved with uh maman the the spirit of greed Mm -hmm. and so they have this contract with maman to sacrifice humans towards this cult for the purpose of making money and when something goes wrong in the financial world, they have to sacrifice specific people at specific times so that they can keep making money, even if the bottom falls out of the market like it did in 1929. Okay, uh, that sounds that sounds accurate. There's a detective in it who might be a voodoo practitioner, I think. You know, naturally. <laughs> I read Ooh, Black, the black Magic. The Black Detective? Yeah. Oh, you got that impression. Eh? Okay. They said it. <laughs> Did they? Okay, I didn't pick up on that. Like the, the, when one of the cult members who dabbles in black magic for the sake of wealth sells, oh, you must be one of those voodoo people. Who is it that believes that? Uh, I, my father didn't believe. My grandmother did. It's like, do you believe? And he just deliberately doesn't answer, even though the first thing we see him do in the book is throw a uh, those bones that you always you see right. on people yeah, no, for you're, prophesying yeah. divination. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, because I, um, I, yeah, he did know a hell of a lot about everything as soon as he showed up to the scene of that crime. <laughs> I just thought he was a good detective there for a second. I was like, oh, this guy's really good. 
<laughs> yeah, that makes well, sense. He's, that. He's, he is clearly a good detective, and yeah. he makes that point himself. But no, he's into magical shit, or at least he's aware of it. He, he kind of gave me the uh, Morgan Freeman from Seven vibe in this. You know what I mean? Like he was kind of yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> but un- unlike Morgan Freeman in Seven, he's he's unfor- he, he seems a little naive about the depths this will probably go to. Mm. So when a when an evil old uh, German guy uh, stabs himself in the hand with a pen in an interrogation room to draw an, an, a symbol in his own blood to force his lawyer to bash himself in the head over and over again until he says to stop. He's a little put off. I mean, naturally. <laughs> like, he, yeah, like, like, like kind of, unless you are like fucking super deep into magic shit, even, th- even then that kind of thing will throw you. Yeah. Sorry, my dog is looking at me. Um, yeah. He so, knows I mean, the, the dog at the devil in him. Cutest devil ever. You're going to wake up the next morning, your dog's going to be sitting on your fucking chest with a copy of They Live. <laughs> I would pay for that. Probably <laughs> to see that movie. <laughs> then again, I paid Cora to draw a picture of uh, the BBS symbol with Superman kicking a puppy with Batman cocking a gun. So I'm probably a little fucked up. But so wait, is nice. so wait, is Superman kicking the puppy specifically so that Batman can shoot it like a pole? Yes. Okay, good. Just wanted just wanted to verify. <laughs> yeah, you need to clarify these things for <laughs> Yeah, I mean if, I mean if like I mean if like Superman was kicking the fucking puppy just, you know, whatevs and Batman just happened to have a gun. Not as cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the the artwork in this is super detailed. Uh, Hickman has a knack for taking relatively normal concepts and running them to their most absurd sci-fi or fantasy level extremes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really all that interesting of a mystery so far because, I mean... The one guy that was we've seen get murdered on on screen, as it were, we saw who did it, and we kind of know why. We just don't know the reasons why he chose to do what he did. Because <laughs> ancient gods yeah. or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> well, well, there's also the whole other thing about, um, if I recall correctly, the uh, you know, there's like, like that white creature thing that follows around that the sister or whatever yeah, there's, there's some yeah. sort of ancient being that yeah. like that speech is, speaks in like ancient can, dialect can like understand mm. and serves them in some way it's not exactly clear how mm. it's actually very like, similar to dying in the dead like how there was like again like white demon type characters and that but they didn't really give you any context as to who these people are they're just there and involved somehow Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so, but she's kind of like almost like her bodyguard in a sense because she basically got, she was supposed to get the heir of the, like basically she was the, she was, there was another male in her family, like her brother, that she didn't want to get basically to run this whole Illuminati type operation that they got going on. But then, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't think she ever really liked her brother since right. she makes a comment when she sees him. Well, that's what you get for sucking cock. 
Okay, then yeah. they seem lovely. Yeah. Well, you know they're rich white people. Fair. <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> I again I haven't I don't know the full details of the mystery yet, so I don't really have an opinion on how I feel about this book as of yet. It it would take some time for me to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, that's it for me on this. It, it definitely check it out because if nothing else, Nico, uh, it kind of reminds me of a um, Brubaker Todd Phillips book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in a way. I mean, it's definitely yeah, it, it's like Hickman's version of that, definitely. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's, <laughs> that's, that's what I would it's say. It's very yeah. much Hickman's style, but this yeah. feels like a story that those two would have worked on, just a little more. Traditional yeah. thriller-ish, not quite as neo noir. Yeah, like like I said, I got. I mean, me personally, I felt a, I got hit. I got um, hints of like seven from reading this, and also something like uh, maybe the first season of True Detective. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, kind in of. a way. Like I, I meant just like if you like those kind of things, you might like this. But it's definitely one of those Hickman things where it's um, secret societies. And, and and demons possibly or definitely demons and like yeah it's it's much more than what it seems like at surface level so if you're not into that or if you're not into hickman i would say this is probably one of his, you should probably skip yeah this is definitely one of his weaker like i would i would i would suggest no this other, is not as instantly memorable as some of hickman's other works so yeah this like is, this isn't like east of west level like, because I really like East to West, um, but I I wouldn't suggest this is better than that necessarily. But yeah, it's it. If I like Hickman, so I'm de- I'm gonna keep reading. So, but yeah, I I agree with you. Yeah, so I don't really have much else to say about it. Uh, Tom Coker's a good artist. I'm not familiar with any of his work. I like Hickman more than Dead Man does apparently. But uh, no, I think that you should read this or at least mm-hmm. take a look. Okay. See if it's it's kind of the kind of weird that you would enjoy. Okay then. Yep. So then, moving on to my final book, um, Extremity. Mm-hmm. So this is a book from um, Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. I haven't heard of either of them. And I kind of dig this book. It is really cool. Okay. And also just to clarify, um, it like it credits uh Spicer on the cover, but this book is a Daniel Warren Johnson thing, kind of just straight up. I think Spicer's the colorist. Yeah, Spice, Spice is the colorist, but Johnson is the writer and the artist. And the art's really good. It reminds me a lot of James Stokoe. The art's really, really good. Yeah, he's, he's, this, yeah, that's actually a good comparison. Yes. And yeah, yeah I don't know. He's kind of, I don't know if I would say he's got like a, like a manga influence, like a, like a manga artist influence going on there a like little bit. Design-wise, kind of, yeah, because our main yeah. character does have some fucking shades of Akira in there. Yeah, yeah, like, like that's a good example, Akira, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so in this world, uh, there are a bunch of different uh, clans just kind of hanging out. They live They live in these uh, giant, like, floating rocks above what they call the Ancient Dark. Mm. And our main character, uh, a young girl, I believe her name is Thea, uh, she was part of the Rado clan. Uh, they, they they were just kind of living their lives, doing whatever, and they were attacked by a clan called the Paznini. Paznina. Uh, they killed they killed this girl's mom. Uh, and she was an artist, so they cut off her hand. Now, now she has a very big, clunky, not very dexterous robot hand. But Thea, her brother Rolo, and their dad, the Abba of the Roto tribe. They are all still alive, and it is revenge time. It's killing. It's killing time. Exactly. <laughs> and so the first issue is um, them getting the first member of the Pasadena clan in order to in order to start exacting their revenge. Uh, this guy is a... This guy's name's Osmond. He's just this fucking lush asshole, like this fucking evil motherfucker looking guy. He is fat as hell, shaved, bald, wearing a fucking like aqua blue robe, playing a fiddle. Like you're going to get more evil if you fucking tried. And then just fucking murder happens. The rest of the book is just straight up like revenge and murder. And I really enjoyed it. They, they, do, they do a decent job of actually like setting up this world in a way that doesn't require a lot of explanation. Like set, like set up different tribes. Um, each of the different tribes has a, a design over one of their eyes. Uh, for, for the Rado, it's just like a, it's just a red brick. Uh, for this guy of the Pasanina, he has a green circle. And... It's involved somehow in like their rights as a tribe or a clan or something. They when they when they when they're first like uh, going out on their mission, like uh, and, like the dad, the Abba, is t- telling Thea like, "Hey, good luck or whatever," and like praying for her success. He covers his he covers his thing with his uh, hand, and then when everybody's like, say, and everyone starts chanting his name or chanting his title, I guess they all also cover their eye with it. And there's one guy who's just really weird who has like he only has one eye and his other eye he keeps the thing of cheese for his pet rat. <laughs> so at one point he just like lifts up his fucking eye patch and just reveal like a brick of Swiss in there. But yeah, uh second issue they also they expand more on the world, like they actually get more into the clan stuff. They show a full map of the world that we're working with here. They give us a bit more of a reason as to why is like why uh, the Pasanina attacked the Rado in the first place, and we also find we also uh, meet one of something from the very very ancient past. Uh, like I said, everybody lives in these uh, like big floating cities and whatever, uh, like like floating be- floating bits of rock, and the ground is called the Ancient Dark. Uh, nobody really knows how it happened. 
It's just one day they couldn't live on the ground anymore. And in the second issue, we meet uh, something called the, we meet something that they, they refer to as a small God, which is essentially a robotic super soldier. Yeah. The action sequence is fucking badass in that, in that issue. Yeah. He just fucking like one punch, just like destroys a fucking dinosaur. And yeah, I, I like this world. I like this. Mm-hmm. I like this like semi sci-fi, semi fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But like with soldiers like in it and like tribes and all this. Oh stuff. yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, here's the thing. They have this like really deep, like complex world they have going on, but this is a straight up fucking revenge story. Mm-hmm. It is. This clan got fucked over by this other clan. So this other clan's going to fucking die. Mm-hmm. Like with Asmund, what they do is they, they rip out one of his teeth and put it on the most James Stoko looking fucking face helmet I've ever seen. <laughs> then cut off his hands, then attach him to a fucking floating rock that says, we're coming for the rest of you. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool scene. Yeah. Yeah. This thing, this thing's just real good. Uh, no, I'm, gl- I'm glad you like it. Cause I, I really enjoyed it as well. I- yeah, I might have to look up some about space mullets, Daniel Warren Johnson's was, other project. I, I was just about to tell you about that. I, I, I own the trade paperback of that. I was going to say that's the other thing I've read by him. It's really, really good. I would suggest either of you guys to check it out. I'd love to hear what you think of it, actually. it's um, it, That's a really fun story, too. It's a digital. It was an online comic that he did, um, and he basically, Dark Horse, brought out a collection which collected... Um, the first like, I don't know, chunk of it right now. It's still going to, he, he, he's going to still do it apparently in the future. Like he's going to return to it, but he's focusing on this right now. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. Chapter eight, uh, the page, page 36 of chapter eight was released January of this year. Okay. So yeah, I know it's really good. I've read, I've read, uh, I've read the trade paperback that's come out anyways. And, uh, I really liked it. Okay then. Yeah. It's, um, He's definitely. I, I like how you made the comparison to Stoko because he is definitely an artist. I think to to watch out for this guy. He's really really good. Yeah, definitely. He is. Yeah. He's he's real good. This is a. This this is very much a passion project. It seems like this is kind of like him doing this. Mm-hmm. And I am looking forward to see where this goes from here. I really dug this. Really, I really dug the first two issues of this. Okay. Sorry, Nico. Final book. Uh, all right. So the final thing I'm just gonna talk about is um, uh, Roughneck, another Jeff Lemire uh, project, and this is his original graphic novel that he came out. It just came out this uh, past week, last week. And uh, this is a book that's published by uh, an imprint of Simon and Schuster Books. So if you go to your comic book store to look for this, chances are, since it is by Jeff Lemire, it will be there. But you'll also be able to find it in all bookstores as well because it's a book distributor who is uh, publishing it. It might be harder to find since it isn't a comic distributor. Um, hopefully comic stores still ordered it because it was available, I think, through the uh comics previews guide that they do order stuff from uh that's how i got it um but you know it's retails for about 30 dollars uh you might be able to find it cheaper online like amazon or something yeah amazon has uh, the hardcover amazon.ca currently has a hardcover for 20 bucks 
Oh, perfect. So there you go. That's a good discount, actually, considering Amazon.ca is actually usually higher for the because uh, <laughs> the American dollar right now compared to ours. So yeah. uh, that's not bad at all. Dude, Somebody even when the American, even when the Canadian dollar is better than the American dollar, we still get fucking shafted. Yeah. <laughs> good words, um, motherfucker. <laughs> So this is a book, uh, Roughneck, about uh, Derek Ouellette, who is a hockey, an ex-hockey player, uh, who self-admittedly uh, he 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 the best line of this this book that I enjoyed uh, quote him is basically he's like he was never a hockey player he was just a goon, like he's a big fucking guy who became a hockey player and basically was like your your uh version of a hockey player just he's not very good he just beats the shit out of people if you've seen the movie goon for instance <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just gonna say like so, oh wait so yeah. it's fucking goon like can he throw yeah. can he throw a left punch <laughs> it's essentially that he's just a big bruiser uh who you know who had some troubles <laughs> got kicked out of the league i'm sure you can guess for what <laughs> yeah yeah i can but i also just yeah. want to i wanted to mention the poll quotes on this fucking book yeah go ahead so we got one of them from darwin cook yeah i'm surprised they used that but one yeah. of them from Je- one of them from fucking gord downey of the tragically hip yep and then from mclean's they call him the stephen king of comics <laughs> yeah i'm looking at the book right now yeah the it's like a the Stephen King of comics is Joe Hill. Fuck you. And B Stephen King does not is not really a fucking cachet name like it used to be. Yeah, it's a weird poll quote to have included. Hey, <laughs> it's getting a remake in September. I like, I like. Oh yeah, that's. I like the one that says Blaster. His work is Hall of Fame worthy. No, really. Uh, anyways. From, uh, from the Oregonian. When Princeton and Duke are offering graduate degrees in graphic novel form 20 years from now, a lot of students will be writing their master's thesis on Lemire's Essex County trilogy. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> we are high society. Come, let us discuss Sweet Tooth. <laughs> so yes i i like the, those people i also hold them in high regards but <laughs> oh, yeah jeff lemire to... <laughs> is one of the best fucking writer artists working in the goddamn business right now but yeah, yeah. not to be- repeat basically everything i just said uh about royal city another project that he's doing uh this is an original graphic novel uh different from that because it's one complete story um, and he did this a couple of years ago, but it just actually did. He completed this a couple of years ago, so but it just came out uh, last week. And again, it's uh, again in the same vein. I'd say something like Essex County. It's about uh, you know them somewhere up north about this ex hockey player with who has issues, and his sister who also has her own set of issues comes to basically. Uh, back to town, reconnects with them. There's a, a different uh, group of characters that live in the town that you get to know. And uh, it's basically just him coming to terms with a lot of his his own personal anger issues and problems that he has to deal with. And uh, again, yeah, like I said about Russell City, very personal, very heartfelt. Um, 
you know, uh, some good watercolor work done by Lemire. Again, I'm repeating a lot of the things I said about Royal City, but it's Jeff Lemire book, dude. Exactly. And this is an original graphic novel uh, in the same vein as like an underwater welder that he did or an Essex County where it's a very complete personal story that I sat down and I basically just read the whole thing in one sitting. That's how good it was. So um, I did not want to not mention this this week and then forget about talking about it somewhere down the road. So I won't go too much into it other than that basic uh, premise that I gave about it being about a hockey player. About a book about a hockey player, there's actually not too much hockey in this. There is a couple of flashbacks, but not uh, as much as you would think. So if that is something that you're not into, I definitely still suggest picking this up because it really it does not focus on the hockey aspect of, the, of this character at all. It's more about him personally. Uh, hockey is just a part of his life and what he's known for. And he's one. Of, it's one of those things where when people run into him in this town... He is uh, unfortunately reminded of the mistakes that he made during that time in his life and how people go up to him. They're like, hey, man, can I take a picture and all this kind of stuff? And he's a grumpy fucking guy and he doesn't want to talk to these fans and he and he gets, you know, shit on, disrespected and people talk shit about him because of some of the mistakes he made as a hockey player as well. And he, he just he's just trying to get through life and he is miserable. <laughs> like these people just keep giving him a hard time that get in his way and his only way to solve it problems is basically violence. He, he just is a big fucking goon. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, definitely check it out. I highly, highly recommend checking this out. Um, it is probably up there for me for the, my favorite thing that he's ever uh, done. And that's high praises because I've enjoyed almost all of his, his, of his work in, in terms of the original graphic novels. So, yeah, so uh, Roughneck, check it out. Highest praise for me. All right, cool. Yeah. So, doesn't what we're reading then. On to news. So, we got a big old swath of stuff from Marvel, so we're going to be keeping that for the end. Uh, so, first up, uh, Boom Studios has announced they'll be producing a second ongoing Power Rangers comic. Wow. This is also based on Mighty Morphin. Oh, they must okay. be doing really well for themselves. That's well, right. I, know, I know it's doing well because that's the one. It, I think the movie just. Right. This might be mean to say Dead Man, but I think this movie might have directed more people to the comic. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's good, though. I mean, you guys are like. Particularly with. Nico, were you, were you there when I pointed out that. Um, yeah, I know you were there when I pointed out that the comic book tie-in to the movie ended with yes. two or three issues of the Kyle Higgins run, and we were mm. like, oh, oh, don't do that. <laughs> come on, come on, man. That is... That's just mean. Yeah, that's, it's like, that's like Warner Brothers telling Zack Snyder that he has to put two episodes of Justice League Unlimited at the end of his Justice League movie. <laughs> <laughs> in, nice a, in a couple years, a couple years, they'll only be selling BVS as a fucking tie-in thing to the third season of fucking Young Justice on Blu-ray. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So the studio uh, has announced uh, Go Go Power Rangers. So Go Go okay. Power So Go Go Power Rangers, as opposed to the current Power Ranger series, will take place after the first episode of the original Mighty Morphin, as opposed to the current series, which takes place immediately after Green with Evil. Yeah. Although continuity be damned at this point. <laughs> yeah. So this series will be about twenty episodes behind. 
So it'll be really interesting when this finally catches up to Green with Evil. Okay. That's an interesting approach. Yeah, so it's, yeah, so it's going to be focusing place. on um, Jason, Kimberly, Zach, Trini, and Billy. Them getting used to being superheroes, becoming superheroes, all that shit. Uh, the book is being written by uh, Ryan Parrott, who recently wrote the Power Rangers Aftershock book. And it will be drawn by Dan Mora. Ooh. Okay, that doesn't mean that last one. That last one doesn't mean anything to me, but it almost. Claws. He drew claws. Claws. Okay, I didn't read that book. I know you Motherfucker. (laughs) Read claws. I know what it is. I just haven't read it. Read claws. It's really good. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, it's still, I still think it's funny to me that Ryan Parrott had to end his collection of Power Rangers comics with a collection of go- the real Power Rangers comics, so now he's writing his own Power Rangers comics. It's like, okay, I wrote the shitty tie-in. Now can I write my own book, please? Like, yeah, fucking fine, dude. God damn it. Just shut up. Dan Mora, though. He's, I like him. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, so Parrott said in a statement for this, um, Quote, it's hard enough being a teenager and juggling relationships, school and family. I can't even imagine throwing in protecting the world. The goal of Saban's Go Go Power Rangers is to focus on more personal, intimate character stories. We've dived deeper to fully examine the wish-fulfilling awesomeness of having superpowers, along with the pressure of that responsibility. Particularly when you're a student in Angel Grove and have to literally do everything. Yeah, there's... <laughs> There's a variant cover for this book that shows the five teens restocking shelves at a comic book store. <laughs> and that's probably just they only have like an hour to do that before they then have to go uh, organize a save the earth rally and then pro- and then protest Trump politics or something. And that's all. Yeah, and then they're gonna, and they're gonna be fucking. They're gonna be part of a fucking like extreme sports fundraiser, trying to raise money for Planned Parenthood or something. But anyway, yeah, that, that cover is referred to as the retailer thank you variant cover. Sure. <laughs> anyway, go, 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 go Power Rangers is going to be coming out this July. Okay. That's the title oh. of it? Yep. Go, go, Power Rangers. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's what it's. It's, like the, song, it's the, yeah. It, yeah, the song, and it'll be more of the song that we got in the Power Rangers movie. No, it will be <laughs> as much of the song as we got in the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, the soundtrack to that movie bothered me because they are like, yeah, yeah, go, go, Power Rangers. Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, we got go, fucking go, five Rangers. seconds in it, but you know what we got fucking way more of? Kanye. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I, as I keep saying, and dead, and if you want to know more about their opinion, you can watch Dead Man and Caveman's uh riff of the 95 movie hi (laughs) as dumb and awful as that movie is i like its soundtrack as stupid and cheesy 90s as it was and the thing i liked most was that they got a rock opera orchestra to to a cover of go go power rangers (laughs) yeah it was a bit hard it was a bit hard to hear that over the whoosh of literally any body part moving Oh wait, sorry. I have to get my keys. <laughs> yeah, it was it was insane. <laughs> it's like, well, dead man, we need to go to the store. How about we start backflipping? Yep, got it. Oh, yeah, that is the fastest way, right? Yeah, naturally. 
back handsprings are about 75% faster than walking. Everybody knows this. Yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> anyway. To be fair, it would be funny if I just came to Canada and you and I just started backflipping down the street. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dark Matter. Okay. This is a DC comic event of some kind. Oh, yeah. That will be a big thing. Sure. So, so Dark Knight Metal is going to be the first kind of big event thing happening in this, um, which will which will lead into the Dark Matter banner. And so far, uh, six titles have been confirmed for coming out under this new Dark Matter banner. And all of them are being uh, pimped by their are being pimped uh, by their artist instead of their writer. Of course, <laughs> as a direct response to Marvel. <laughs> yeah, so we got uh, the Immortal Men with Jim Lee, New Challengers with Andy Kubert, Sideways with Kenneth Rockefort, Damage with Tony S. Daniel, The Silencer with John Romita Jr., and Metal with Greg Capullo. I like half of those artists a lot, <laughs> but yeah, that's a good that's a good lineup. I mean, that's I mean it is impressive um, lineup of artists, but yeah, um, they, they also they also have writers in there too. If I was Tom King, though, I'd be kind of upset. Like they can't keep this fucking Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo away from Batman. Like he's come back now, so then they're going to be doing some Batman related stuff. Like, uh-huh. And he's been working on All Star this whole time, which is its own thing. I understand, but I guess they could both exist. I mean, there's plenty of Batman comics to go around, but like, just I just, just think just, yeah, just should... give him his own thing. Just like let yeah, fucking, like let Snyder sleep or something, or let him write something else that isn't Batman for a while. <laughs> yeah, I just you know, like I'm trying to I'm trying to get into this Tom King version of it, and, and like I'm kind of over the whole Scott Snyder Batman, but then he keeps returning to it. Like I, I don't know. It's kind of like a slot Spider-Man situation almost, but he's actually left the main title. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, I... I don't know what this is. I don't really care. It's a big fuck you to Marvel's comment about artists, really. I mean, well, it's what it is. Like... Okay, it, but like, it, what is what is dark matter? Like, period. Oh, I have no clue. No, I uh, yeah. <laughs> I, if you mean that, yeah, that's I have no the clue. thing I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, yeah, like like DC is looking for any fucking opportunity to fucking swing their dick in Marvel's face, and Marvel is just fucking on their knees begging for it right now. Yeah, yeah, but the forever and but this still seems like one of those things where I'm not sure why this exists. Because I don't know, they needed an Profit. event. But they didn't. I, I, like I said, they need to stop shuffling the deck every couple of months, and people are still trying to work out what they like about the new about the new rebirth stuff. Don't shuffle the deck again, goddamn! But but are these all tied in technically as an event because they're six separate titles, or are they just like a uh, line of they're, titles? They're under a banner. Okay. Like, like, mean, the, like the event. Yeah. The event is Dark Knight Metal, but then the banner right. is Dark Matter. Yeah, so maybe they're just using that metal to basically trickle into the reasoning. To be yeah, that, 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 that's what it is. Right. Dark, Dark Knight Metal oh, okay. will spin out into these other books. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, well, 
I mean, it's a little different than just like a fucking 10 issue event or something that I guess, but speaking I of mean, 10 issue I, events though. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> Marvel yeah. generations. Yeah. I do not care. <laughs> yeah. So Marvel generations, um, as opposed to being labeled as event, it, labeled as an event is a 10 issue maxi series, mm-hmm. which will be about, uh, which will be about, you know, um, like newer versions of the heroes working with the legacy versions of the heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have listed so far as part of their things, um, Generations the Best with Wolverine and New Wolverine. Right. Uh, Generations the Americas. Make sense. Uh, Generations the Bravest, uh, Tish, with Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. Generations the Thunder with the Thors. Generation the Strongest with the Hulks. Generations the Archers with the Archers. Mm-hmm. Generations the Iron with only two of the Irons. So so wait, which one's H. John Benjamin? Uh, that, that, that's a good question. I'm leaning towards Clint. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think the thing behind this is that a lot of the dead characters are actually coming back in this yeah like yeah like this, yeah like, like for real z's wolverine uh right, the, right. the old the old school captain marvel right iron man uh then there's a, then there's also um generations of the marvels with the worst person ever and the best person ever <laughs> right <laughs> uh the spiders with the spiders and the phoenix with gene gray and the phoenix hmm that's an odd choice. <laughs> yep. Uh, they got writers and artists for all those. Uh, you can find them where they are. A lot of them make sense. You know, Nick Spencer's doing the Americas. Jason Aaron is doing the Thunder. G. Willow Wilson is doing Miss Marvel. Right. Bendis is doing the Spiders Spider. and the Irons. Right. Uh, Cullen Bunn is doing the Phoenixes. Well, I think he's writing. Uh, yeah, he's doing Blue, X-Men Blue or something now, right? I think. Or the, Okay, yeah. I Yeah. I have read about I have read one third of the X Men books they have out now. I they're, liked a couple of them actually. Yeah, they're, they're fine. Yeah, well, you're not really an X Men guy though, so yeah, really. Yeah, but yeah, so that's happening. Yeah, at some point, uh, running yeah. from August to September. Do you have the other spider related news coming up? Uh yes, I do. Ah, yes. That's the one I'm excited about. The only spider-related news that fucking matters. Yes, yes, yes. You mean they're finally going to answer Dead Man's question about where Miles Morales came from? (laughs) Yes, they are. Because Spider-Man 2 is a thing. Yes. It is a full-on thing. They have been hinting at this for a while, and I have been so fucking confused. Because goddammit, Bendis, you haven't put any of this shit in your fucking books. Spider-Man 1, the first one, is great, though. Spider-Man is fantastic. I fucking have that book. I've read it, like, fucking four times. Yeah, really good. Really good. But, yes, so Bendis has apparently confirmed on his Tumblr, which is why I I hadn't heard of it, that Miles Morales does actually remember all of his life on Earth-1610. Okay. So... For those who don't know my fucking problem with this shit, 
Just one. Miles Morales is from the Ultimate Universe. The Ultimate Universe was destroyed. And then Reed Richards and the Molecule Man, they remade Earth fucking 616 and put Miles on it. But it wasn't clear whether or not Miles remembered that he actually was from the Ultimate Universe or the things that happened to him there. So I was wondering why he was a Spider-Man now. Right, but he was with Molecule Man in that in that scene where he was eating the burger and fucking flying around. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he was like, he was like, "Yo, hey, Spider Dude, thanks for the yeah. burger. I owe you one." Yeah. And the owe you one thing was he brought his mom back from the dead. Uh, I thought it was basically letting him come into the new universe, though, as a result of everything too. No, that was Marvel begging, "Please, we need more diversity. It's the only thing we yeah. know how to do." <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah, and then it, yeah, it it was actually specifically I believed bringing his mom back from the dead. Okay. Be- because it, because if he just brought him over to that other universe, then his mom would still be mm. dead. That's true. But yeah, Marvel's, remember? The, yeah, Marvel on. has officially confirmed that Spider Man Two is a thing. Remember that scene? You used and thus, re- Dead Man is happy. Briefly. <laughs> yeah, but, you, well, you read it like four times. I have it's been a while since I read it. Remember that scene in it where there's some thing that he comes across on the computer, which is like some shocking revelation. And like that's the, that's ever... the end of the book, right? It, you think they're gonna address that finally, or is that just a big fucking red herring where it's like, oh yeah, that, that, never mind. Like, well, you know, well, like... well, when they teased the book, when they like when Marvel released its gift teaser, it was it was like it was Peter Parker searching up Miles Morales on Google and then going, oh my god. Oh, okay. I yeah, remember I, that, and I was yeah. like, oh, I, I thought that, for some reason, I didn't know that's what that was in reference to. I thought that was like, oh, no, they're going back to the Clone Saga again. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That wouldn't be a similar reaction. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Staring at the computer. Yep. Actually, no, actually now what I'm imagining is uh, Peter Parker has read out what happened to him in Clone Saga, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. Wait, wait, I'm going to yeah, do what in my book? Yeah, because he did find out that he technically died in that other universe, did he not? Technically nothing. He fucking did straight up die. No, but did he know that the Peter Parker in that universe died? I can't remember if he learned. Yes, yes. He, okay. he showed up fucking right. like, he showed up like a right, month right, right, after right. he died. I know. It's been a while since I read it, but I remember yeah, like, really like, like he, like he fucking showed up in that universe and then started swinging along. He's like, hey, the Triskelion, what the fuck is that? And then like, oh, someone's been getting mugged. Better go down and save him. And the person's like, hey, yeah, dude, like, thanks for saving me, but like, come on, man, it's a bit soon. Right. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, come on, Peter okay. Parker just died. Like, wait, what? Yeah, I don't know what this reveal could be. Because Bendis has been famous for doing that, just dropping plot fucking points that he just throws out there and just never revisiting them. Uh-huh. So, like... <laughs> Is that a reference to one of his other books? Plot fucking points? I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. It's yeah. a it's a it's a thing. It's a thing. In his books at one point. <laughs> but anyway. So let's talk about legacy. Do we have to? Kinda. Uh. So Marvel Legacy is a thing that they teased for a while. It's now happening, kind of. And apparently it's not like an event or like a crossover thing or a miniseries. It is 
it's an excuse to say, hey, remember that all that shit we fucked up? Let's like not. So oh, yeah. Parker Industries is going to collapse. Good. No one liked that. Planet Hulk's going to come back. Hmm. Is, is that how like full on Kyra, Scar, all that Planet Hulk? No, no, no idea. This bleeding cool article just says tying in thematically with Thor Ragnarok, we will see the return to Planet Hulk in the Hulk books. Huh. <sighs> well, okay, yeah, they they teased that the Hulk in the Thor Ragnarok movie was right. on Planet Hulk for a while, or at least, or somehow, I don't know. But but based uh, based on the teaser they released for Thor Ragnarok, he wasn't. He's just in the he's just in the Planet Hulk armor. Yeah, but we don't know what happened in between when he disappeared at the end of Avengers two and now. Which is he somehow went to space? Maybe fucking Yondu got him. I don't know. Weirder things have happened. The yeah. Collector. And then also Tony Stark's going to be not in a coma anymore. Sure. Fucking imagine the most surprised face you can and attach it to this voice. That's basically what this is. Just, oh my God, I cannot believe he is coming back. I forgot he was gone. So it's going to be like an Eastside Ribic illustration. Yeah, an Assad Ribic <laughs> illustration as voiced by Stephen Wright. The gaping hole of the body. But anyway, and then this is also going to be part of a thing where they will be returning some of their books to their legacy numbering. So. Just, hey, do you have a book that's been running for a while, but we changed the numbering a bunch? We're going back to the original numbering. Sure. They got to do something. They got to shake things up over there. They're going to have to pull some DC moves. Do here. they, though? Like, <laughs> shaking things up was the problem. No, but I mean, they're basically following in DC's footsteps with this rebirth with this legacy thing, which is basically going back to the core of some of these characters that they diverted from so much. Right. Like that, that makes sense to me. I mean, it, it worked for them and it, going on for years, like fuck you were Marvel has only worked for them for so long now. At this <laughs> <point>. so, <laughs> uh. so I think it's time for them to like, you know, pack it in and admit that they made some mistakes and, and correct them. Yeah. Yeah, probably. They need yeah. a plan. I don't know. For at this last, point, I just don't like, care. Like, like, for at least in the... As much as I don't like Civil, the original Civil War book, at least between then and when Dark Reign ended, it felt like Marvel was operating with a plan. They've had no plan since. Nope. They've just been, hey, you want to just fucking bring back all the shit people used to love? That's not working. And it, oh, he did. Yeah, and it just... And it, it just, it worked because as bad as they were, DC was worse. Right. Yeah. And what's even stupider is like, they brought back, like, they brought back all the shit people liked and now they're just bringing back all the shit people hated. <laughs> like the fucking solicit for the first issue of like Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider is the right. most controversial superhero is back and the controversy <laughs> is bigger than ever. Yeah. The return. No one asked for. <laughs> Is he still married to Mary Jane? We'll never know. Nor will we care. 
Yeah, I know Eddie Brock is Venom again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you ready to find out what happened to that baby that Mary Jane may or may not have miscarried? Find out in Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider. The Clone Saga is back and better than ever. It kind of was there for a hot second. Yeah, you had it. <laughs> the fucking jackal. Oh, man. Anyway. That's yeah. eh, going to do it for this week. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good, good stopping point. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks' time with an episode of the DestroProds.com comic podcast. In between now and there, though, we're going to be having a regular run news, maybe reviews, podcasts, all kinds of bullshit, but until then, I am dead. And I'm Birdie. And Nico. And we will see you guys next time. They're not happy? Rating.